Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold! Coming to the ring from parts unknown with a combined weight of 853 pounds, pick a loaf and CDR! That's professional editing. doesn't belong like with wrestling does it that's that music well welcome to silver and gold daddy oh sorry i didn't even do the voice uh this is the loaf and with me what cdr hey <laughs> uh zom had to uh leave suddenly to go uh on a little date with mclarge huge so i got chris davies rowan formerly of mill creeps. <laughs> uh, how are you, sir? I'm very good. Uh, and so actually, in uh, I-, I was considering because it's silver and gold, and because it's almost Halloween, I was going to do the whole show in the Paul Bearer voice, but decided <laughs> against it. Oh, that poor Wesley Snipes! All right, so yes, this is this marks uh, actiony horrory three for us, and also marks. Wesley Snipes' triumphant return to the show. It's been quite a while. Last Halloween, we did do Blade. Um, was Demolition Man before or after last Halloween? I can't even fucking remember anymore. But okay, so maybe it's been, maybe it's been a year since old Mister Snipes made it on the show, and we uh, we're doing a, a grand one recommended by the Cinemasochist, uh, Gallo Walkers. From 2012, and Wild Zero will be the other movie we review uh, from 1999. Uh, the Guitar Wolf fronted zombie Japanese alien weirdness movie. Yeah. Uh, so, per our usual, I guess we could talk about what we've been watching lately. I assume that you're probably in on the circle of things and doing a little horror movie watching this month, so... What have you been getting into? Yeah, just a little bit of horror watching. I've hit about 50 so far for the month. <laughs> maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe we could hit highlights then. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll do Cliff's Notes. And the, uh, most of it, a lot of it's rewatches too. So. Okay. Uh, but I decided we did for the, the second to last uh, Creeps episode, we did a Vincent Price movie called um, The Bat. So that kind of got me in a classic horror mood for the month. Mm, so I decided yeah. to dig into some Hammer and some Vincent Price and stuff like that. Um, and I'd seen a fair amount of Hammer up to this point, but for one reason or another, I'd never actually watched the sort of the, the mainline Frankenstein, Dracula, and Werewolf movies. 
well, I guess they've only got one werewolf movie. Uh, so I watched Curse of the Werewolf, uh, Horror of Dracula, and uh, Curse of Frankenstein. All directed by Terrence Fisher. All first, I mean, in the werewolf case, the only. But uh, yeah, they're all awesome, as most people probably know by now. I, I think Curse see- of Frankenstein. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I need to see the werewolf, and I haven't seen that one. It's weird because uh, <clears throat> the werewolf doesn't really show up until like the last 10 minutes of the movie, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's still pretty good because yeah. uh, Oliver Reed's the wolf man. So. Nice. Uh, that's, that's sort of the big selling point. And he's super young in this. It's like pre-facial scar, uh, oh. Oliver Reed. But uh, he's, you know, he's intense as usual. Where did that facial uh, scar come from? Uh, somebody stabbed him in the face with a bottle in a bar fight. Nice. When he was younger. Classy. Yes, exactly. It, it's exactly <laughs> where you would expect it to have come from. <laughs> or maybe he took a, 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 a rogue dick in the face during that wrestling scene. <laughs> Jesus. How funny, how funny that I posted all those pictures and like literally a day later, uh, Will and Sammy are talking about it on their show. It was like great, great minds think alike. Yep. Um, next up, I did a rewatch of... Um, Friday the 13th, 4, and 6, the uh, the two main sort of Tommy Jarvis ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've seen those a bunch of times. They're my two favorite of the series. I'm not a huge Friday the 13th fan, but I love both of those. So it was uh, I was ready to go back to those. And I also did a double up of uh, Hellraiser 1 and 2. Nice. I hadn't seen Hellraiser 1 in quite a few years. Uh, I'd rewatched 2 not too long ago. Uh Every time I watch Hellraiser, it goes higher up in my uh, my favorites. I think it might be in my top ten at this point. That movie's just so fucking sick and weird, and <laughs> I don't know. The effects are—they actually churn your stomach. And I like that it doesn't focus on Pinhead or whatever for the most part. Um, but I, every time I watch part two, it goes lower in my esteem. Uh, I don't <laughs> think that movie holds up very well. I know a lot of people like it, but for me, it it goes too off the rails, and I kind of lose interest. Um, next up, I did a rewatch of Ravenous. Oh, the, um, the Cronenberg. Which I've seen a whole bunch of times. Wait, not Cronenberg. What's Ravenous? Sorry? I'll say, as like Cronenberg. I was like, Ravenous, no, that's Rabid. What's Ravenous? Ravenous is, it's from 1999. Um, stars Guy Pierce and Robert Carlyle. And it's a cannibal movie. Oh, somebody else posted that, I think, today. Oh, so you've never seen it? No, no, no. Oh man, you need to watch it. It's okay. so fucking good. It's it's kind of a horror comedy. There's some weird sort of I, w- I don't want to say slapstick, but it's got like a really quirky sense of humor, but it's also really violent. Hmm. And um it was made all by vegetarians. Or most <laughs> most of the people behind it were vegetarians. Nice. Um including the director uh, Antonia Bird. And um it's kind of meant to make you disgusted by meat in the beginning, and it's slowly, as the cannibalism <laughs> becomes more prominent, the meat becomes more delicious looking. Um, <laughs> and it's also got a really fucking weird soundtrack by um, Damon Alburn of uh, Blur fame oh. and Gorillaz. So yeah, it's got it's got this. It's the soundtrack is one of the best parts of the movie. So, but all in all, it's great. I've seen it a whole bunch of times. Never even heard um, of it. Next up. Yeah, it's that's crazy. Uh, it's one of those sort of lost movies. I I know that uh, it didn't do well when it came out and sort of disappeared, but uh, people who've seen it definitely champion it. Uh, so next up, I jumped into the, the Vincent Price stuff. Uh, 
I've never actually watched any of the Corman stuff up till this month. Uh, the Corman, like Edgar Allan Poe adaptations. Right, right. Um, so I watched House of Usher, and it's awesome. Um, I'd never realized, because everyone always talks about Roger Corman like he... Uh, you know, he was this sort of schlock master and he worked on these tiny budgets. But as far as his directorial stuff, people don't really talk up how much uh, he got for his money. And these movies, uh, House of Usher and I also watch Mask of the Red Death. Mm-hmm. Um, both of these are on par with some of the best Hammer stuff I've seen as far as atmosphere and the look of them. And he does a lot with the the small amount of money that he had because... Uh, Mask of the Red Death, especially. I think that's probably my favorite uh, first-time horror watch of the, the entire month so far. Um, I ordered the Scream Factory Blu-ray set, the Vincent Price Blu-ray set, as soon mm-hmm. as I watched it. And I'll probably watch it again. Awesome. Uh, next up was Wes Craven's Deadly Friend, which I'd never seen before either. Wes Craven is a... I, I guess it would be polite to say hit or miss with me, but it's mostly big misses. Uh, me too. Uh, there was a discussion about Toby Hooper versus uh, Wes Craven, and I'm fully in the Toby Hooper camp on that one. Yeah, probably. Um, I, for the most part, I'm not a big Wes Craven fan. I like his earlier stuff, but um, there's I don't find his movies scary or even all that entertaining for the most part. Yeah. Uh, I think my favorite would probably be Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like the Nightmare movies just because... Um, I mean, you know, Swamp Thing was fine, but you know, after after Nightmare hit big, it was really just, you know, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Actually, Serpent in the Rainbow, that's probably my favorite. <sighs> See, I don't even that's like that. Good. I don't like that one either. I thought that one was boring. Yeah, well, I mean, I actually thought that the first time I watched it too, and I've seen it a few more times since then, and it's sort of, I don't know, got its hook, hooks in me a little bit. Maybe I need to go back um, to it then. So, have you heard of this one? No, no, I haven't seen uh, it. So this is basically short circuit, um, <laughs> horror short circuit. But um, but if he basically used the robot to, uh, you know, the robot dies at one point and he puts the robot's, um, I guess, memory chip or something into his girlfriend. And then she, beca- it's a killer robot, so she becomes a killer girlfriend. <laughs> and uh, the killer girlfriend is played by Christy Swanson uh, of Buffy yeah. Vampire fame. Uh, she's very young in this one. Um, and for the most part, it's it's not a great movie, but it has some really fucking stupid uh, moments that kind of bump it up. And there's a couple of <laughs> good kills. Uh, the best kill in the entire movie is uh, Christy Swanson throwing a basketball through the head of... Um, Anne Ramsey from uh, <laughs> <laughs> Throw Mama from a Train. <laughs> she actually explodes her head with a basketball, and that made it worth watching the movie in general. <laughs> uh, next up, I watched uh, We Are What We Are, the remake uh, from this year, the Jim Mickle remake. Okay. Um, and I liked it quite a bit. I know a lot of people, especially Big Willie, are very against this being a remake. <laughs> uh, and Jim Mickle doing this uh, because he's a pretty promising director. But I think he flips it on its head enough to make it worth watching. And uh, it sort of works better as a companion to the original than a full-on redo. So uh, it's more like um, Let the Right One In kind of? Because like, that, that, I felt like that about those two movies where it was like the, the new one was different enough, I think, where it kind of stood on its own. It felt, just felt like a different telling of the same source as opposed to a remake of the movie. 
Yeah. Uh, well, this one, he even goes further okay. uh, in, in changing it. He flips the genders of all the leads. So it's a father instead of a mother. Hmm. And it's two daughters instead of two sons. And, um, and the younger child is a, is a boy instead of a girl. Um, and it takes place in uh, the southern states. I don't know exactly where. But um, it's sort of got this like small town like they're in, I think, Mexico City, and we are we are, and this one's a small town setting. So, the whole thing, plot-wise, even it it takes a few turns. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it's basic basic plot is there, but yeah, it's quite different, cool. and visually quite a bit different too. Uh, I only got a couple more here. Right. Uh, next up, I did. Uh, I, I'm I'm a big Larry Cohen fan, but there's a couple of the major ones that I hadn't seen. So I, uh, I've been jumping on those. Um, and the most recent one was God Told Me To from 1976, which is probably his weirdest fucking movie. Um, <laughs> his movies are generally weird, so that's saying a lot. Yeah. But this one's really fucking weird. It's got Richard Lynch as a space Jesus uh, who's basically mind-controlling people into mass killings. Um, and it's, it's so fucking off the wall, but it's really awesome. Um, nobody does grungy sort of New York settings like Larry Cohen. And he always gets a lot of great character actors in his leads and in his side roles. So this one's definitely worth checking out. And last but definitely not least is, uh, Black Roses from 1988. (laughs) (laughs) I might have something similar to that with what I, I I know you, uh, maybe watched another John Fasano classic (laughs) Um, and yeah, this, this movie is fucking stupid and amazing. <laughs> it's got demons playing heavy hair metal. And, uh, yeah, there has been a fair amount of talk about it over at the GGTMC group. So, uh, I also threw in, um, trick or treat as probably a good trifecta with this <laughs> and rock and roll nightmare. Uh, but yeah, it, it definitely needs to be seen. Yeah. That's um, that one's, a. Uh... That one's pretty wild. Uh, I got into, I stayed mostly with horror. I, I, I cheated, um, I guess once. Um, yeah, just once. Um, so I, I did watch, as you just mentioned, I watched rock and roll nightmare on it's on YouTube. And, uh, that one, I, this one I had not seen. Um, this one stars, I mean, if you if you've been on the gentleman's guide group long enough, you've probably seen the Thor dogs video posted multiple times. Um, so you you have an idea of what the main character who he who he is. Uh, I was surprised he was as kind of conservatively dressed and acting the <laughs> for the first like three quarters of the movie, but the fucking twist at the end just comes out of nowhere. <laughs> it made no sense, and I was just cracking up. It was really funny. Jean Michael, what do you say his name? Michael, I guess Michael M I K L Thor. <laughs> it's pretty silly. Um, but uh, the I watched uh, Carnival of Souls. Um, this is a Criterion nice. release. I don't know if they put it on disc ever, but it's on Hulu Plus. Um, not very long; it's like seventy minutes. Uh, but a creepy, weird little movie um, it, about the uh, these two girls in a car accident and one kind of amazingly walks out of the water and continues her life where she was getting ready to move and go be a church organist out in Nevada or something, or maybe Utah is where she was going. And she gets obsessed with this weird kind of, it used to be a, like a dance hall or bathhouse. Then it was a dance hall, which is a 
that's an odd <laughs> direction, but uh, it's cool. She's seeing stuff in mirrors and stuff. It, it's a neat little movie. Um, but if you have Hulu, you can check it out. It's uh, not very long. It's, um, I like the a certain look of films filmed in the 60s. Uh, you know, the Night of the Living Dead is the first that comes to mind, but it's like the ones that were still black and white, but it almost looks like they were shot on video because they're super crisp. Like they, yeah. they, they don't look, you know, they're not the 40s grainy um, black and white. They're, the, they're, they're, they're a lot more, they have a lot more clarity. It's a, I kind of like that look at certain times for, for whatever, whatever reason. Um, yeah, the, I actually just watched that one not too long ago too. I really, I really liked it a yeah. lot. Uh, the one I cheated on was Godzilla: Final Wars. Uh, still on the Godzilla kick, sort of. But uh, this is the last one that they made in Japan, as far as I know, uh, from '04. Um, I mean, this is not a horror movie, but if you like Godzilla, you'll really like the Godzilla parts because he's just really fucking pissed the whole movie. Um, <laughs> I think it's. What is that guy? No, maybe it's not Dan Severn. There's a one of the one of the like originators of the MMA stuff. Um, let me look him up. But he he plays. He's really terrible in the movie, but he plays this like general sort of, um, and it fits very well. Um, he doesn't have to act well because it's like if you watch anime at all, there's it seems like one of those kind of it, where you'll have Don Fry is his name. Um, which I've seen him in stuff before and he's always terrible, but he's, he fits in this because he seems like that anime ship captain, the, where he, you know, he's, he's bigger than everybody else and has the booming voice. He doesn't even speak Japanese. Everybody just speaks Japanese to him and he'll reply as if he just understands them. <laughs> it's just <in> English. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's, there's, it, there's too much human stuff in it. The movie's two hours long. And if it was cut down Ugh. to like an hour and a half, uh, and they had a lot less of this like matrix ripoff stuff in it. Um, it would have been a lot more entertaining because Godzilla is super pissed in it because it opens with them trapping him in ice at the South pole. And when they realize that they're fucked, they go and, uh, open up the hole and let Godzilla out. <laughs> so he's already angry that he's been frozen and now he's just going around and kicking everything's ass. <laughs> um, and, and they even, I think this is the one, I, I guess it was him. I, I haven't seen the American Godzilla, but there's what looks to be an American Godzilla as one of the monsters, and uh, Godzilla just obliterate, <laughs> obliterates and throws them through a building and shit. Have um, you seen the uh, the Half-Century War Godzilla comic book? Mm-mm. Is it you should, uh, you should fucking check it out. It's amazing. Half-Century It's basically, War. it's written as from the perspective of a soldier who's basically mm-hmm. been trying to, he's been sort of, part of the army that's been battling Godzilla for like 50 years. Oh, cool. So it takes him from a, like a, a, you know, from a green sort of recruit at the beginning all the way up to an old man. No, oh, it's ID, just, IDW. Yeah. It's, a, it's pretty and, new then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just a single, single sort of book. And oh. the artist, uh, James Stokoe, he, his art is like hyper detailed. So it's awesome. pretty fucking amazing. You have to check that out. Um, let's see. I, uh, on my uh, birthday was on this past Monday and my wife had gotten us it's her birthday's Wednesday well this you know two days ago but uh she'd gotten us tickets to go see Nine Inch Nails here locally um so the first time I saw Nine Inch Nails was in 1994 
And so, of course, that got the, uh, as you know, I was thinking, I was like, man, 1994 and blah, blah, blah. And I was just thinking about that year. And that's the year The Crow came out also, which I was totally <laughs> obsessed with. Um, so I watched The Crow, which is on Netflix Instant. And I mean, it, it's probably heavily color, colored by nostalgia for me. It's not a great movie, but it's it's mean. I mean, it's it's probably meaner yeah. than I even remember. And it's a pretty good little movie. It's a good action movie. Um, it uh, yeah, I was I was a little worried to go back. It'd been quite a few years since I'd seen it, but you know, the soundtrack is still amazing to me, um, or at least seventeen year old me that's still stuck somewhere in my head. So, I was uh, one of those shitty nerds who was who was mad at the crow because they changed so much so much stuff from the comic book. <laughs> So I've never even read the comic. I just I saw the movie because Nine Inch Nails was on the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, and the comic book is even. It's way meaner. Even. Really, uh, the the murder of the girlfriend is fucking brutal. It's really to, depressing and lots yeah. of Joy Division lyrics thrown in there. And well, yeah, yeah that's the the Nine Inch Nails song on the soundtrack is a Joy Division cover. Yeah, and the. Um, and I, I was reading about Brandon Lee's death because I never really even looked into it all that much. I, I mean, I knew he had died on the set or during the filming of it, but not exactly the circumstances of it. Um, oh. I was curious to see if they had left any of the scene in there. <laughs> but no, I always it, wondered that, too. It's, it's not. It, it's, there was a scene that they filmed where it's actually the murder scene from the beginning of the movie is when he got oh, okay. killed. And there's a, the, the way it was originally filmed was that he his wife was already home and the guys were there and he was carrying in groceries and there's a guy that shoots him like he's holding the bag of groceries, like, or, you know, co- like hugging it with his arm and the guy shoots through the bag of groceries. Um, that's what that, that scene is. They cut it out completely and they just rewrote how he died by being thrown out the window instead mm-hmm. because they didn't want to have any kind of reference to that, uh, the grocery, him getting shot to the grocery bag at all. Um, Let's see. I watched Fright Night for the first time since the gentlemen are reviewing it. I had seen the remake, and I I liked the remake. Um, this one's definitely different. Uh, same general story, but the the new one, as most remakes do, kind of it gets a little bigger and grander as far as you know what the characters, how the characters act, where they go, what you know the things they do. This one largely mm-hmm. takes place in just the two houses. Um, You've seen the original one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. a bunch of times. Yeah, I, I know. This is this was. I liked it a lot. I mean, I, I, you know, like I said, I still like the new one, but um, I really like David Tennant in the new one. So, but the uh, but this one was fun. I'll have to watch the second one too. I understand it's good, maybe for different reasons, but I think um, is the name Evil the friend character. Evil, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's I I definitely prefer his character in the original. He's he's oh, fucking awesome to. Uh, what is? I always forget his name. The, well, the name he used in Superbad. <laughs> uh, what's that kid's name? The one that, in the remake. Uh, I. It's been a while since I watched it. I don't even remember. Well, no, not his character's name, but the his. What was his name in in Superbad? The you know the guy I'm talking about the the nerdy kid with the fake ID. Oh, McLovin. McLovin. I always I always call him McLovin because I have no idea what his name is. I called him McLovin <laughs> in Kickass also. So. Yeah, um, pretty much. But yeah, he was. I mean, he was pretty annoying in the new one too, which you know, where I think the character is supposed to be. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, I was I did a guest spot on Hamacus this week, and we talked about a movie called uh, "The Four Skulls of Jonathan Drake," which is not a Hammer film, but it seemed like one. Um, and we really 
outside of, we we had the, only the most tenuous of links to use his term for this movie too. I don't even remember what the link was, but it's a cool movie. This was on uh, Amazon Prime. It's about another one. It's about seventy minutes long. Um, it's about a uh, a cursed family where the guys, the the males in the family, just continue to die, and when they're before they're buried, their heads are gone. Their heads disappear, and uh, you know, months later, the skulls of those people will show up in the family mausoleum, and there ends up there's a guy like cutting their heads off and shrinking them, <laughs> like voodoo style. Um, it's pretty good. I mean, you know, it's it's silly. There's some funny, uh, funny special effects in it. There's like the this zombie Indian from the Amazon has a uh, a dirt like a a dirk or stiletto or something that he uses, but it's I mean, he tries to, it, at one point he's, he's wrestling with somebody and the stiletto is just like flopping around like rubber, just, <laughs> <laughs> it's, they didn't even try. It's like, didn't even use wood or anything. And like, it looked terrible, but you know, it's that kind of movie. It was, it was fun though. And, uh, the only thing, other, uh, only other thing I watched was, uh, another low budget one with bats on strings. Um, El Santo versus Las Mujeres Vampiro, which is one of the more classic ones. Uh, it's, very well shot as far as it's, it's one of the black and white ones. Um, Santo isn't in it a ton outside of two wrestling matches, which was kind of weird, <laughs> but, and he usually in these movies, he's like a time he'll like wear a turtleneck or wear a suit or something like this. Every scene you ever see him in, he's wearing his cape and no shirt. <laughs> nice. no matter, he's driving down the road in his cape and no shirt. He's, yeah. <laughs> um, and he's really more, he's handled more as a superhero in this as opposed to like the main character like the the main characters are dealing with um it's a it's a daughter who there's a like a i don't know it's a coven of witches what's a what's a group of vampires called they seem usually they usually seem solitary i don't know if they have a a herd name. Know, a nest maybe it's a nest what they yeah. call them in uh, the John Carpenter movie maybe That's just what i'm going by uh, we'll call it a nest then. They're, but all these f- lady vampires awaken, and uh, the main, the head one, knows she needs to pass on her mantle. And the 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 twenty first birthday of this one girl that is obviously a an heir of the vampire women is their target. And you know the the dad of her figures it out, and he's a scientist, and he gets El Santo on the case to <laughs> help defeat the female vampires. It's you know. There's a there's a, a mistaken identity wrestling match. You know this guy's not real. He has karate chops of death. That kind of thing. <laughs> um, typical typical lucha movie. Just uh, but it's an older one, so it's it's a more it's more of a horror movie than they got later on. So, so I I've never actually seen a Santo movie. What's what's like the ultimate starter Santo movie? Um, <clears throat> um, I let the gentleman review one a couple years ago as a pick. For, uh, it's uh, Santo and Blue Demon versus the monsters. Right. Um, it's that one's pretty fun because it's I mean, it's bad. They're all bad. Um, but the the main the the usual structure of them was for one or two hero masked wrestlers to fight some kind of monster like a it, and it was usually Universal monster type things like Dracula, Wolfman, right. whatever. Um, but uh, that's probably a good one to start with because it gives an idea. It's it's real corny. Um, it's uh, it, that one's in color too, and it's cool having Blue Demon in there too. So, um, but then the, you know some of the black and white ones. Um, there's the there's a Martian one that's. I mean, like I said, they're all bad. But go into them with the right frame of mind, and you can enjoy them for what they are. 
um, just because they're so odd. Like, I mean, it's like you, it's hard to find things like that, you know, a, a, a wrestler superhero movie with <laughs> monsters. So, yeah. <laughs> and he was in like 50 movies or something, which is crazy. <laughs> Um, and they, I mean, yeah, he was insane. They had a day of mourning when he died, like a, like a state funeral, all this stuff. Uh, he, he would wear his mask everywhere. I mean, he didn't unmask himself until like the, a week before he was born, uh, before he died. Huh? Um, it's a, it's a, it's a diff, it's a different culture. It's a cool aesthetic. I really like it a lot. Just, oh yeah, not, for sure. Well, uh, I mean the fact that their na- their national treasure is, yeah, yeah, a Lucha guy is pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Uh, cool. Um, that's it for me. So why don't we take a break? Let's just, let's get Gala Walkers out of the way first. Yeah, let's, let's do the poopy one first. (laughs) We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with some snipes. Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and art cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. It just really is. It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I'm just, just getting confirmation. It's just in English. That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? You can find us at csvsp.libson.com. So come and share the victory. If you could any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. You, you wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody. <laughs> he looks like somebody who can keep, keep a secret. I love the electric drum. All right. Gala Walkers 2012. Somebody put 2010 on uh, on Miso, and then it says 2013. It wasn't even released into, in the USA, so who knows when the fuck this movie was made. <laughs> when did he leave prison? Uh, <clears throat> this was made in 2006. Jesus, really? This okay. was made. He actually, this is an interesting story. He was in the middle of his court proceedings while filming this, um, and they put a warrant out for his arrest. Um, so he showed up to court. He surrendered himself, flew from Africa where they were filming, um, oh, and surrendered himself. And then he bought himself out of prison on a million-dollar bail and flew back to finish the movie <laughs> and then went to jail. So this has been sitting on a shelf for, for several years. Yeah. Which, Kind of makes sense because this movie was shot in 2006, but it looks like it was fucking uh, basically come up with in 1998. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's got uh, special effects on par with Wild Zero that we'll get into next. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, I'll go read the synopsis here. Uh, a cursed gunman whose victims come back from the dead recruits a young warrior to help fight, help 
I got this wrong last week, too. To help in the fight against a gang of zombies. Uh, directed by Andrew aptly named Goth. Yeah, no um, shit. <laughs> directed also Cold and Dark and Busted. <laughs> An acronym. I really want to know what that stands for. Starring Goldie, <laughs> the DJ. What the hell does that stand for, I wonder? <laughs> oh, it doesn't say anywhere. Damn. It's a B-U-S-T-E-D, all with periods in between, like muscle, like the toys. <laughs> I'm amazed it's not... B- it, did you say it's B-U-Z? B-U... No, B-U-S. <laughs> oh, it'd, even, it'd be even better if it was a Z. <laughs> um, the stars... <laughs> Wesley Snipes and a bunch of other people I don't recognize. Did you see anybody? DDP's in there. DDP was in here? Yeah, Diamond Dallas, Diamond Dallas Page was in there. Who the hell was he? He was Skull Bucket. I don't... I really don't he, remember. His face was all scarred up. He he wore that oh. giant stupid fucking helmet most of the movie. Oh, then, that was... that. The helmet got... Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that helmet was really retarded, by the way. You could see like the his neck buckling under the weight. Well, <laughs> it looks like they made it out of lead. <laughs> the thing about the bucket head. Now, I will, I'll get into that in a second. Anyway, so you have now. You know, bear with us on this one because I don't know if this was written by a lot of people. Maybe you know, there's a there's a couple listed. Uh, Goth and Joanne Ray. By the way, Joanne Ray, you and Andrew Goth, you stink. But the uh, "Bring Me the Head of Mavis Davis" is something that Joanne Ray wrote. Um, Jesus. The um, but it's it feels just kind of I don't know if it's just being obtuse for the sake of being like that, that way, or if it's it, it's obtuse, but it's also fucking so slow. Yeah. To get to, to get anywhere, it takes forever for the plot to kick in and uh, the 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 main characters sort of establish what's going on and yeah, and it's uh, the, and, the the way the story is revealed is not you're not seeing these characters act out these things, but basically you're seeing like a sprinkle of something happen and then like a flashback or or then like a, oh, so many flashbacks uh, and the the way the story is propelled basically you only see like a day happen and it's all just people remembering shit that happened in the past. <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. Because at one point <laughs> one point uh one of the characters that's shot in the very first scene of the movie shows up to talk to the the main baddie and it's like an over an hour into the movie and they actually do a flashback to back the to the beginning of the fucking movie <laughs> to remind you that oh this happened like fifteen minutes ago. So so you have Snipes who is a hunter of some sort, um, which they do establish. I'll try not to spoil it, but if it happens, don't don't worry about it because you're not missing much with this one. But he uh, he's doing a he's doing a kind of a lone gunman kind of Clint Eastwood kind of thing in this, I guess. Except he's got really long, most likely fake dreadlocks, and um, this really bad bleached beard i don't know what was still going on with it It didn't even look bleached they could they showed it up close once and it looked like it had that spray paint in it that you get at halloween to make your hair white yeah definitely um that said with the costuming though the some of the costuming looked really good Um, i think this movie it tricks you because overall it's it's actually pretty well shot yeah um you know it's 235 like full widescreen um 
it, it you know there's obviously like a leone influence going on here big time and um the, and, and the the, the the picture, the color, everything looks 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 nice. And the only thing I could figure out, it must be maybe it's just easy to look like to come across as a good cinematographer with westerns because you have certain interior and exterior that just lend themselves like basically those kinds of places where you can just point a camera and it's going to take a great photo no matter what it's looking at. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, because you know, there's even even some interior shots like the inside of this barn that they show with like light coming through the slats, you know, these old weathered buildings and everything. They found a good location. It looks yep. really good, but it's it's not it's just not very well written. Well, no, that's the thing. It, it tricked me <clears throat> for the first little while because I was like, "Holy shit, this might actually be all right." And then as soon as people start talking and the yeah. shit that comes out of their mouths, uh, the acting's terrible, the writing's terrible. Yeah. Um, and if he would have, the director had a little more restraint and allowed a lot of the scenes to play out without any dialogue and just looks and and action and stuff like that, it might have actually worked a little better. Right, but he gives right. them this this terrible fucking dialogue. In the well, and, it's not, yeah, Snipes has this bad narration kind of through it. And <laughs> I he, couldn't even tell that was him yeah, for the first long time. I could tell it was him because it had his accent, and mm-hmm. it's like this is supposed to be the old west and everything, and it just sounds like Wesley Snipes trying to be serious, <laughs> and it made it just made me laugh every time I would well, hear. He's, he's basically doing the Blade voice, which yeah. he's been do- like that. It's like Blade took over his persona as an actor, and he's just been playing that character his the entire second half of his career. Like, the, remember him in White Man Can't Jump? He was actually funny. Like, he had a personality back think, in the day. I think Blade was the last movie that had uh, that made money for him, so he yeah, had, to filter, so. had to filter it somehow. Um, so back to the costumes, real quick. His was okay, but then like yeah. you see this kid with like these buckets of blood, and he for some reason he's dumping them in the well. Um, but it looks like his his fucking wig is made of yarn. So it's like it goes back and forth in this. Like some people have the worst wigs, but yeah. then some of the costuming is really good. It's like maybe they ran out of budget halfway through making the <laughs> making the costumes. Well, or what's the deal with all the like super white blonde hair in this movie? Like I didn't understand why most of the characters had that. Is it just because they were supposed to be the desert? Or well. That it, I, that, that I couldn't figure that out. The only thing I could figure out maybe was that it was some kind of culty thing because they were all dressed exactly the same too. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Gallo Walkers are you. You get this explained eventually. Gallo Walkers are the zombies, but the zombies in this movie are not just mindless. You know, I want brains kind of zombies. They're they're just they're just undead. They're still pretty much the exact same person they were before they lived, um, except they have very brightly colored eyes <laughs> and some of them are afflicted with certain things and some are not and they don't really explain why oh so like, like there's a, a lizard guy there's a man yeah. who's just a lizard and he has a human face that he's stitched onto himself well i don't think it was a lizard guy i think i don't i think it was the other way around that i thought his was pretty cool i think his something had happened to his hair and he just stitched two lizard tails on his head to cover oh, up his to cover up okay. his head because he said something about it being good for the sun like he, oh, he okay but uh, but I thought his looked really good. The, the lizard tail. So this guy, to to explain it a little better, he looked kind of like the guy from uh, Return of the Jedi that see, sees Luke at the beginning. He had that kind of look with the with the uh, kind of tentacles coming off his head. Except these are short. They're like iguana tails, and he has two of them sewn like instead of hair. He has two big iguana tails. They looked a little cheap because they were kind of rubbery and floppy. Like the yeah, guys, they're very rubbery. <laughs> like the guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like the guys Dirk from the from the Jonathan Drake movie I watched, but 
the um so his makeup looked really good. I really liked the 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 iron mask thing, although it made no sense why because there's the other creeps that travel with the group that are hideous, more just as hideous as him, but and it it was a that was, it was a stupid choice too because they showed at least showing what he saw when there's a fight scene and they show what the what the uh the guy with the iron head actually sees all you see is just like one little rectangle and that's it he has to like pretty much turn his head 180 degrees to see anything and it's like how could you ever live in the desert and only see a fucking like a hole in front of you you know but um but it looked good because he had these kind of jagged iron spikes kind of welded onto the top of it and he would actually use it as a weapon he would kind of run and headbutt people with it and um it was a good look but then when they take his hat off uh he just kind of looks like like uh I don't know like Toxic Avenger and Freddy had a child. <laughs> um well that's the weird thing about that character is he I mean he's Diamond Dallas Page initially and then he turns into the Toxic Avenger later but they don't really explain why he ended up like right. that. So some of the Gala Walkers have certain issues with their appearance or whatever. The main guy his he he can't hold on to skin like his skin seems to fall off all the time so he keeps basically uh killing like hanging people and removing their skin and he like puts it on and he looks young again well yeah they basically fully rip off the uncle frank character from hellraiser 1 cuz yeah, he's like this skinless dude and then <laughs> yeah. even when he when he steals the skin and puts it on he's got that exact same like bloody hairline so that yeah, totally. They, um, I, I, I did. I totally thought of uh, of Hellraiser when I watched this. But you know, and like his muscle suit looked pretty good because all you have is the ear yeah. holes, and I mean that looked good too. But, but you know, when he showed up, I had no fucking clue what was going on in the movie. Like no. we had we had gotten a, a decent shootout with with snipes at this point. Um, it, was, it was silent, um, and this is probably where you were kind of lulled into thinking it might be a decent movie too. You know. Uh, Snipes had the the funny voiceover. He's like, "The trouble with the damned is they never stay put." You know that kind of, that kind of stuff. Um, and then the the uh, the single uh, train cart. I don't know what those things are called with the pump handle. Like coming oh, yeah, down yeah, the track, right. the the poor the poor Chinese man with the wicker hat trying to like <laughs> making all these traveling all these like uh, gunmen down the rail down the railroad track. Now I gotta wonder though, is that is are those little carts? Or were these really ever a decent way of traveling anywhere? Because they. Looked I assume really... they probably went faster, maybe than they were showing here, but I'm not sure. I, I mean, it always looked really hard to do. Like it looks like you'd be fucking exhausted. <laughs> yeah. And then what happens if a train comes? It's like you, it's not like you can pick the damn thing up and get it out of the way. Does the train just have you just have to get off and let the train push your car away? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't understand. Uh, maybe they maybe they were lighter than they looked. I don't know. I assume as long as you're going with the direction of the train, you're probably all right, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, when, when that, with the shootout at the beginning, Snipes kind of meets these guys. They're meeting for some reason. I don't even know why. Um, but Snipes guns them all down and blah, blah, blah. But it's a, he does a, like a sub-zero beheading. Like pulls out the dude's off the dude's head and his spine comes completely out of his body, which is pretty <laughs> disgusting. Um, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, but um, the, but the, the guy that he does it to, I didn't understand. Like that character has his mouth stitched closed, and he and they show that he has stitched his own mouth closed, 
and yet he he keeps trying to talk through it. Yeah, and it's, it looks kind of like bubble gum over his mouth. It looks kind of bad. And yeah, and they show him. Yeah, they actually show him stitch his own mouth closed, but they don't. Again, <laughs> it's they like they say, like the visual of it, but they yeah, still they don't really have say why. Have so, he's, so he's another one. He's another Gallo Walker that has some kind of issue with him with himself. Who has you know, and they don't really say why. Um, and some of them look completely fine. Uh, I won't say who, but uh, <laughs> the um, maybe I missed something. Did I miss something like why people would look healthy and not others? I don't. Well, did you did you understand the basic concept of like how they were made? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, like the okay. So well, then you you have the 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 prostitute Gala Walker. She right. always she looked completely fine. Yeah, and well, the, it's probably because they didn't want to throw scary makeup on the the chicks, right? I guess, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, I figured she was just as bad as the other guys that might have been punished for whatever reason so you know they also sort of explain i guess at the beginning that the the area that they're all sort of hanging around at is it's like the it's right on the cusp of the gate of hell or something like that oh okay i totally so maybe they're like supposed to be demons or some shit it's all pretty obtuse yeah the um Everybody's costumes. This at that point after the fir- initial shootout is when I started noti- noticing the issues with the costumes more because they show the kid at the beginning who has the this god awful wig, but then you start noticing like everybody's costumes are really fucking clean. Like everybody yeah. looks freshly yep. laundered. Um, the uh, whoever, if anybody's wearing a wig, the wig looks bad. Like there's nobody with a good looking wig in this. Some of the facial hair even looks terrible. Yeah. Like some guys grow it. I mean, it's obvious that the guys have it, but then there's others that have fake mustaches for whatever reason. I don't know why they just didn't leave them shaven if they're going to make it something look so shitty. But, um, but yeah, and then we get the Gala Walkers coming in. I have no fucking idea what, what was happening at this point. Um, it is kind of explained at some point, but and you get that kind of extended flashback with Snipes with some good looking. He has his head shaved in this one scene in this like swirly tribal looking paint all over his body or his face or whatever. Getting his revenge, the flashback revenge. Um, yeah, his his basic storyline is <clears throat> it's about as generic Western as you can get. Yeah, and they I mean, do their best to make it interesting, I guess, by jumping around time wise. But the jumps, yeah. the jumps make it confusing. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, they weren't they weren't very well done. Um. Yeah. So here's my iguana tail hair. Looks pretty awesome. <laughs> 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 iguana tail hair. Um. The and it, he was confused on his uh, his accent. I think I thought he was Russian for a minute, but then I, later I thought he was Spanish. So I wasn't sure. Yeah, because he boss, if I do good job, can I have your he's lips? He's like, can I have your lips? <laughs> I think he was probably most likely with these. It seems like there was a lot of Eastern European actors in this. Yeah. Um. So maybe he was Eastern European, and they were trying to make him sound <laughs> Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. There's a there's a couple good head explosions I thought uh, th- those were decently it's a lot of the gore well they do have a lot of squibs in it but they do a lot of CGI gore too but yeah they've they've gotten pretty good in movies the last few years of making of doing like blood sprays and stuff digitally I mean it's you, you can still tell but it looks better than it did in the 90s definitely um but it did make me laugh the one where because Wesley Snipes has one of those 
like scoped rifles at one point and he sh- there's a a gallo walker riding a horse and and all you see is far off in the distance and uh snipe shoots his head off and the corpse like the the next stump corpse just still riding the horse for a second which i thought was pretty funny um <laughs> the um the heavy in the movie is played by what was that guy's name <sighs> I don't remember. Was his name? Was he fabulous? Is that his name or fabulous or something? Like that? <laughs> no, no, that was the kid. Um, the so, kid's yeah, was, name was fabulous, <laughs> which is actually <laughs> probably my. I mean, it's my second. So I wrote down some. I wrote down the names of some of these characters because yeah. they're hilarious. Um, Wesley Snipes is named a man, but it's one word to make it. Kansa, <laughs> Kansa, or Kansa is Kevin. Ha- that, that's the main guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then we've got a character named Kiss Cut, one named Slipknot, <laughs> Skullbucket, and my my absolute favorite, Cunny. Cunny? Who's Cunny? There's a character the... named Cunny. Was that the prostitute? <laughs> no, that was Angel, I think. Or, uh, no, Cunny that was Kiss Cut. I think Kiss Cut was the... Yeah, that's the... that was She was Russian. Simona Bri, uh, Brilikova. She was kind of hot. And there's a side story with this other like dancer or prostitute or something that she didn't need to be there at all. No. Um, and I, I was really disappointed. She never took her top off. I mean, their show, they made it, a, they made it a point to show her like heaving tits half the movie. And they don't even show the damn things, even though there are tits in the movie. Yeah. There's only one, I think seeing a nudity in the whole movie from what I remember. Yeah. And it's a flashback. Of course. It's sort of flashback <laughs> to his girlfriend or whatever. Or his mom. I was confused about that too. It was his mom or his girlfriend. <laughs> Cause she said something about my son a lot, and I thought it was the same woman. Maybe not. I, I was losing. I was losing focus. Oh, there's somebody named Forty Bold, <laughs> uh, apprentice boy, and Forty Bold. So yeah, he he Snipes has to get help, I guess, for whatever reason. He seems like he's doing all right by himself, but he recruit, recruits recruits Fabulous to help him, <laughs> and Fabulous has a really terrible wig, also. Um, yeah, and then he cuts it off, and he he, he looks like um, he looks like the member of the Backstreet Boys with the butt cut. I uh, can't remember his name. <laughs> with a really Nick wide headband, yeah, terrible. Yeah, yeah, so bad. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's it comes together, I guess, by the end. But I mean. The, I don't know. The acting's so fucking long it does, to get it does. anywhere, man. And there's and no action in this movie. There's not a lot. Like, it's, it's there's like one or two action scenes in the whole movie. Yeah. And the last thing I'll just say is why was there a pretzel drawn on the ground at the final shutdown place? <laughs> I guess it was supposed to be some kind of rune. It just looked like a pretzel though. Um, do you have anything to throw in on this? Yeah, I mean <clears throat> the the depressing stuff that I or the depressing thing that I, I come away with with these kind of movies is why have they never been able to pull off a horror western Ugh. i've never seen a good horror western and i think they'd be able to do it at some point like i don't know even something like blood meridian is basically a horror movie mm-hmm. as a western so if they adapted that it, it could be good or you know um there's a writer named joe lansdale who does lots of horror western stuff uh could you know adapt something of his that it would probably work really well maybe it's just uh, so maybe maybe it's just felt like it's so niche they couldn't I don't know. I don't know. It just like even with the uh, Jonah Hex movie, it feels like they constantly need to throw in all this contemporary bullshit, yeah, and make it feel like out of time. When if you stuck to the actual period, 
you know, like costuming and everything and, and had like, I don't know, the concept of actually, you know, doing something like a Hellraiser or even a fucking vampire movie in the West or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, or, Billy, you know, like we, Billy the Kid versus Dracula. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that. Oh my god, it's awful! I, I was—I really thought it was funny that because uh, Sammy watched it a couple weeks ago and mentioned it on their show, and I'd actually seen this one before. It is—it's bad. <laughs> it is really bad. Um, was something uh, that I found out on the uh, IMDBA for this in the the sort of like um, the you know did you know section is that this was originally uh, written for Chow Yun Fat, and he was he was cast for this originally yikes uh, chow yun fat and paz vega were going to be the two leads in this <laughs> and I, I, the whole time i was picturing chow yun fat with those shitty dreadlocks and dreadlocks and a, and a and a white lined beard yeah. taglines live by the gun die by the gun come back for more <laughs> plot keywords one word title <laughs> zombie and zombie with gun that's it Oh, um, I I like Wesley Snipes. Um, I think he's. It seems like he's lost all his personality, though. I don't know what what the hell happened to him. He's just so stiff all the time, and yeah. that weird accent that he does. He didn't talk like that before. Where did he get that? I don't know. And he he doesn't fight in this movie. It has to be said. I mean, he does a, the the patented blade stomp at one point. Yeah, but it's like, like you you don't it don't go into this one thinking Wesley Snipes doing. You know, kickboxing and shit like that because he doesn't like. It's just, no, it's just like draw the gun, and fire. And he shoots. Yeah, yeah, and he, he sits there and looks at his palms a lot. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, there was something that. What was that in his palm that one time? The kid walks up to him and he was looking at something in his hand. It looked like chewed up bubble gum, but I don't. Yeah, I I didn't understand. It seemed like maybe that was supposed to be relevant, but they they cut out <laughs> yeah. everything but that one moment. <laughs> Um, let's see. I don't know if I have much more to say about this or say about this. Um, as I said, all the actors are bad. <clears throat> the, the horror character is especially embarrassing. Her performance is really rough. Yeah. Well, which whore, which whore are you talking about? Not, not the demon whore, but just the regular whore. Yeah. See, she was pointless. Like, yeah, there's they, no they reason could have left her out entirely. I, I guess they were saving her to use her skin or something. I don't know, but ugh, terrible. Well, I, she was there to to end up being the love interest of the the Battery Boy, but um, they don't ever give them many moments together until the very last scene. So <laughs> <laughs> it just feels really tacked on, yeah. and that really bad sort of like good, the bad, and the ugly like three way sort of showdown at the end is yeah. so terrible. Um, I didn't really understand why they were supposed to be zombies. I thought this was a vampire movie. I didn't even realize they were supposed to be zombies. Um, so I was kind of. I didn't know what the hell was going on for most of this. Yeah, um, I think that lead bad guy is really bad. His performance, he tries <laughs> to do like the scenery chewing thing when he's got he's up on the gallows and he's got all those people Oof. he's getting ready to hang and he gives this big monologue and he does that sort of capering giggling thing and uh, it's it's really embarrassing. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's been in a lot of good looking movies too. Oh really? <laughs> a lot of good looking DTV stuff. Summer, yeah, summer scars. Uh, the last horror movie back in 2003. He's went, he was in a short called Whacked. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is that? Jake West. But, and, uh, yeah, I don't really have anything else to say about this. It's, it's boring. It's, it was boring. Um, nothing happens in it. Let's just rate it. One to ten. What do you give it? Uh, I'd give it a four and a half. I, I give it a four. This is a... 
this is a less definitely less than average but it, i mean some of the gore is good um if somebody Visual, could, like we said visually it looks pretty good yeah yeah it, it, it'll trick you if if somebody could like go out and go in there and just cut all the um the gore stuff uh and just cut it down to about an eight minute little just youtube <laughs> thing it would be pretty good so yeah so pretty bad uh, you know what i give it a 3.5 fuck this movie <laughs> um so cool that 3.5 and a what did you give it a 4.5 it's pretty yeah. generous almost average all right um um, yeah almost almost average why don't we take a break and come back and hopefully have a little more fun with wild zero lock and low baby Do you find yourself looking for a different type of genre podcast? Do you find yourself on the weekends wondering when you will find that one film that might change your life? Well, then maybe you should check out The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema with your host Big Willie and the Samurai. Bringing class to the trash since 1977 and rocking the house. You can find The Gentleman at ggtmc.com. to the trash. Uh, my wife bought me a goblin ticket for my birthday. Nice. I'm going to see them in December. Here, they're actually playing locally here in North Kakalaki. You can sing along. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be out there going. So good. All right. Uh, Wild Zero. Um, That stupid synopsis. Only legendary Japanese garage rock band Guitar Wolf could stand between a race of aliens from destroying Earth with an army of zombies. <laughs> okay. I guess that's about right. That's, that's pretty yeah. accurate. It sounds more like a tagline, though. Um, so, this is, uh, this is starring Guitar Wolf and Drum Wolf and Bass Wolf and some other people that I didn't recognize. One guy with really bad teeth. Uh, I did recognize him. I just couldn't. I think I've seen him in some Yakuza stuff before. When, when dudes in Japanese movies have bad teeth, they really fucking have bad teeth. 
I mean, it's yes. like, I don't know what it is, man. They can really dig up some, uh, bad, uh, some bad dental work. The person that played Tobiah was only ever in this movie or Tobio or however they said that. I think it's Tobio. So, um, we'll let you take the lead here. Uh, I imagine you'd seen this one before and maybe we actually uh, yes. have some action and some horror. So what did you think of, of guitar wolf and wild zero? I think this is the fourth time I've seen this. Okay. <clears throat> I I think it's the first time I've ever watched it sober though. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> this is a this is a perfect sort of group watch movie. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever you're imbibing in, it's it's good to share with a group of friends. Um, it's basically like it reminds me a lot of like a I know you've covered uh, Crazy Thunder Road. It mm-hmm. reminds me a lot of a Sogo Ishii movie. Um, Kind of like if you wanted to remake Return of the Living Dead or something and throw a punk band in there. Yeah. Or, or a Tsukamoto movie, even. Uh, it's very kinetic. Like, they have that, uh, you know, it. the movie is pretty much just, a, like, it's punk rock, the whole thing. Uh, it's, like, uh, punk rock defined by the Japanese. Uh, and the thing that I always liked about um, Japanese sort of punk culture is that they always sort of embrace the the greaser rockabilly thing a lot yeah. more and, it, was a, and it, was a, it was a nice it was an it was a odd but nice little like combination of everything it was very you know it's it's and it was interesting we did the we did that other movie the uh, mosquito on the 10th floor 10th floor yeah floor. and there's there's the one with that with like the greasers and the girls in poodle skirts like doing uh group dances in the middle of the park <laughs> yeah so there's you know it's 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 a weird weird combination yeah, it seems like they embraced um, sort of the American version of punk rock more than the British version. Yeah. Like the Ramones and stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and something about that like nihilistic attitude that Japanese people kind of have in general <laughs> definitely lends itself to, to punk rock. Yeah. So uh, they always, like, when they try and pull off that attitude, it's always very, very believable. It's it's um, an interesting it's an interesting thing the the, the melding of how because they it, they have the nihilistic attitude, but at the same time they they kind of latch on to the 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 commercial and the marketability of it all too, which yeah. it's, it's kind of neat because it makes it into a, a pop culture in itself. Like there's a there's a company called um, Bounty Hunter, and they started off making clothing. Um, the guy that I don't remember the guy's name, but they make, they make vinyl toys and stuff too. But the guy that started it, he looks a lot. I mean, he looks like guitar wolf. Like he dresses exactly like that all the time. He always wears black and he's never, I've never seen him without shades on. Yeah. And if you, if you like that whole attitude, uh, definitely like the bounty hunter Facebook page because, uh, their images that they post daily are amazing. Oh, they! Awesome. I didn't know. They, I didn't even know they were on Facebook. So <laughs> they are, and they post the best shit. Cool. So continue. Um, sorry. And, all right. Uh, the music in this movie is fucking amazing. Guitar yeah. Wolf is amazing. Um, I've always liked. I you know I almost prefer Japanese punk aesthetic overall. Their music and everything because it does have so much uh, the rockability sort of put into it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's a lot less sort of outright screamy and more, um, I want to say melodic, but it feels just like fast rock and roll rather than actually outright punk punk music. Yeah, it's it it's more like it's it is garage rock. It's like um, you yeah. know, like Iggy Pop sound that kind of thing is what what they're what they're channeling. 
Yeah, pretty much. And um, they, I don't know, they, they, these guys in particular are very, uh, like the, the style is, is very appealing. And the thing I like about this movie is that it, it is a very punk rock movie, but I don't think at any point they ever actually use the term punk. It's no. always rock and roll. Like they never say, they never actually say punk. They always say rock and roll. Or rock and rock roll. And That's roll. the theme of the movie. Love and rock and roll. It will defeat yeah. anything. Yep. Um, and right out of the gate, you uh, get uh, your typical Japanese trope of violence against women. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how many Japanese movies I've seen with a woman being beaten within the first 15 minutes. <laughs> and, and it doesn't really... And it get, I guess there was a. It kind of propels the story here, or they might just have it in there just for shits and giggles. It feels more like shits and giggles. <laughs> <laughs> um, and basically, there's like a um, guitar wolf has a run with a, like a local yakuza um, named Captain, uh, who is his costuming is amazing. He, <laughs> he rocks a variety of bowl cut wigs. Uh, and lace up hot pants. Uh, initially, <laughs> he's got like these uh, looks like vinyl white hot pants, the lace up sides, and mm-hmm. he's chugging milk, which is disgusting. He, he puts some kind of powder in it. He stirs yeah. some kind of powder in his milk and just guzzles it. And then later on, he's got like a nice pair of jean hot pants uh, um, combined with a diamond studded fanny pack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's awesome. <clears throat> almost every character in this movie is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, there's a couple, I think that I, that don't really work all that well. I think that that trio of, uh, uh, gas station robbers are probably the least, uh, compelling characters. in the Yeah. Movie. They're just kind of, they're just kind of blah. They're, it's a, it's weird that they would hang out together because you have this, this kind of, this, it's like a skinny guy. And I guess she's, I guess you could say she's fat. She's not, but she's a lot bigger than the dude she's supposedly dating. Um, yes. So you have that couple who kind of are the Laurel and Hardy couple, <laughs> and, then, and then this weird, like, frizzy-headed dude that doesn't really say much the entire movie that just drives, <laughs> drives around with them. So it's an odd trio to be together, but yeah, they, they, they didn't really ever do anything all that exciting. I always like the uh, equal opportunity abuse, though, when they have the sort of domineering woman who's willing <laughs> yeah. to slap around her skinny man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This movie in general has a, a, some interesting progressive concepts, uh, yeah. especially considering the uh, the main main two characters' love sort of relationship. Um, there's a revelation with her that's awesome, and uh, <laughs> you know he freaks out about it, and then Guitar Wolf sort of pops in to, to say like, "Love, love, love everybody." Is, yeah, love everybody. Uh, doesn't matter what sex they are or whatever. So I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> Um, and the, the cool thing about this movie is that Guitar Wolf is like, they're the leads, sort of, but they're not really the main characters. Like, they're, they're just a force. Yeah, yeah. They're kept at arm's length. That sort of, they're, they're made to be this sort of uh, mythological sort of group of yeah. almost superheroes. I have missed seeing them twice locally. Like they've played within oh, 20 shit. minutes of me. And the first time it was really bad because I had tickets. And completely forgot and like didn't realize like <laughs> oh shit that was tonight fuck and the second time I just couldn't make it but and both times it was like one time was at a club literally that's smaller than my house and another time was at a slightly bigger club that I'm going to see Goblin at but both of them were within thirty minutes of me and I missed both times oh, that sucks I from what I understand their their live act is 
pretty insane. Like, yeah, and like they actually uh, have the flaming mics and everything. <laughs> the flaming mic, I. Oh my god! I was in love with that the first time I saw that thing. Everything, everything, anything that has like a a tube shape in this fire is probably going to spray out of it at some point. It, I don't know what's wrong with the cars they drive, but everybody's cars have fire that come out of, out of the tailpipes. All the motorcycles do, not the uh, not the scooters, not the mopeds, but no. uh, the cars all have fire coming out of the tailpipes. The motorcycle has. A, fire coming out of the tailpipes the fucking the end of the microphone burst fireballs it's pretty awesome his motorcycle guitar wolf's motorcycle is is fucking great it looks actually like like the the windshield or the wind blocker is like it's in the shape of a wolf face yeah a robot a robot wolf uh it's on par with i think uh, canada's bag from akira (laughs) wait say that again you chopped out some uh it's it's on par with uh the Kaneda's bike from Akira. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how yeah. much you just need that motorcycle, like. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, there's a run in between them and this Yakuza guy, this this captain guy. Um, I was and, confused what they were arguing about. So what I was trying, what I was maybe thinking is maybe there was something a little deeper on is that there's kind of a a, a battle going on between being rock and roll and being kind of like preppy and into pop music and stuff like that. Because yeah, it's it's sort of a. Yeah, he seems bowl cut guy seems kind of captain. Was that his name? Captain yeah. seems into because there's a and I wish I could remember how it goes. Miriku um, Bimu with a girl singing that song, <laughs> and he's like, "Is this what's popular?" And the guy's like, "Yes, his song's very popular." You know, and like they seem to be into that like bubblegum bullshit. The, well, I mean, uh, yeah, he kind of dresses like a raver girl. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. And then you know, and then you have the rock and roll guys that are eating pills and drinking uh, whiskey out of the bottle and. Um, I think it might have been the kind of a a standoff between between kind of pop and the rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah. Well, and, and during that sort of uh, that um, feud, uh, in the middle of it is a character named Ace, who's like their biggest fan, and he's he's the lead, <clears throat> pretty much the lead character. He he's like the the guy that follows them from show to show. Uh, he's sort of a bumbling version of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. He dresses like them. He's got the same hair. His motorcycle's not as cool, but you know, he's trying. <laughs> His motorcycle's he, he's really committed bad. to the idea that uh, you know, at some point he's going to be as good as they are. Mm-hmm. And he manages to, to endear himself enough to them that he gets to be their, uh, their uh, <laughs> rock and roll blood brother. Who blood they brother? Magical they get... <laughs> whistle to. <laughs> what was on that whistle? That was, was something carved in it. It was like a, like a dragon or something. <laughs> it's like a dog whistle or something. That he, he's slow if he's in trouble. And they really don't show up all that fast when he's in trouble. <laughs> no. It takes him a long time to stay. He uses it twice. <laughs> I think they only show up one of those times. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and, and, you know, they have this this feud thing going on. And, and Captain is in, in the works to buy a whole bunch of military weaponry from... Uh, Yet another amazing character, uh, this arms dealer chick, who spends the second half of the movie running around in this amazing leotard that looks like it was made out of like a, a university professor's tweed jacket. <laughs> Where did that thing come like, from? Was that that? I guess that, I'm guessing that wasn't her house that she was showering in, and that was just the reason she was wearing yeah, she that because that was all she could find. <laughs> all it needed was like one of those leather elbow patches, like on the crotch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they missed out. Missed opportunity. Remake. Remake. <laughs> uh, and then on top of that, 
we have a trio of thugs who are in the process of, as we talked about, like they're robbing a gas station and Ace runs across them and, and stops it. They're trying to rob a yeah, gas so, station with two so butterfly knives. <laughs> the first 25 minutes are really designed to hook you, hook you into this movie because there's so much shit that ha- that happens that seems like it has nothing to do with each other. I mean, there's a fucking there's a meteor strike, there's an alien invasion, there's the 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 standoff with the, with the preppy and the rock and roll guys. You got an illegal arms deal. You got what the but- butterfly knife robbery. You got zombies. You got the uh, the young guy struggling with his identity, and then you have uh, a lady boy getting abandoned on the road. <laughs> All of this is in the first twenty minutes of the movie. <laughs> Yeah, and it doesn't really it doesn't really stop. I mean, there's a few lulls in the plot uh, yeah. throughout the movie, but I think pacing wise, it keeps up that initial pace pretty well. Um, and yeah, they all sort of intersect, and then it turns into a siege movie, sort of, sort of towards the back end in a warehouse, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which you expect. Uh, it should be said, the zombies basically look like Don of the Dead blue face zombies. Yeah, but they're very blue. But a lot of them are a lot worse. There's a couple zombies that make appearances, but honestly, I couldn't tell if they were special effects or not, if they were actually makeup because their head would explode. And I could, yeah. I could never, I could never tell because even um, what's his face that was uh, with the crooked teeth. Um, fuck. But I don't remember his name. even at one point, his mouth looked CGI. When he he's saying Haraku, you know, like or whatever, oh, his, yeah, yeah, and his or Hanako, and his mouth looked like it wasn't really moving. I don't know, it looked weird. But so I couldn't tell sometimes if heads were CGI or not. <laughs> well, and this was made in 1999, so yeah. <clears throat> the fact that the, the head explosions look pretty much on par with Gallo hookers <laughs> yeah. is kind of sad on that movie. And you know, in a similar fashion too, as Gallo Walkers, they like you said, they just have so much shit going on. They throw everything at the wall. And <laughs> the main difference between these two movies is Gallo Walkers throws everything at the wall and nothing sticks. Whereas <laughs> this movie, up. it all sticks for the most part. <laughs> um, yeah, so they meet that. I, I I really liked that arms dealer chick. I thought she was awesome because she's she's not exactly like sexy. She's not a great looking woman. She's no. got a really bony ass, but oh, uh, her, her ass is bad. <laughs> she's got no ass, pretty much, but but she's still badass regardless. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I, the movie doesn't like I said. It doesn't stop. It keeps up the pace and. It constantly introduces new concepts. Mm-hmm. Like you think it, you think it would run out of gas at some point, but even when you think it's starting to to hit a lull, like Guitar Wolf will show up and throw electrified fucking guitar picks at a bunch of zombies, like throwing star style. Oh my god! I wondered what, when he did that. Why did he even bother taking a shot with the pistol? Like he shoots yeah. one zombie and then he just pulls out the guitar picks and like you remember the game Shinobi. Uh, yeah. be- between boards when you'd have the little hands throwing the stars at the ninjas running across the screen. That's kind of what he did. It's kind of like just flips them out rapid fire and all of the zombies just drop. Well, and at one point he, he even pulls a sword out of uh, the neck of his guitar and cuts a <laughs> fucking UFO in that. <laughs> Which is amazing. It, it, none of it really, like the effects in this across the board aren't that great. Like, oh, they're cheap, yeah. It, like they, it's a very cheap movie, but uh, they definitely get the the most for their money out of this. Uh, and I, a lot of it is just because of how crazy it is and the attitudes of the characters and stuff. Mm-hmm. The fact that it just moves and moves and moves. Yeah. Um. Uh, I thought all of the the 
big showdown between all the the main characters and stuff worked really well. Like overall, I just I, this movie is so much fucking fun to watch. Yeah, I don't I don't know what my possibly my favorite scene in it and it I know that he was into doing this, but when Guitar Wolf pulls up in his guitar on his bike and the fucking that car rolls in behind him and he doesn't even look, he just pulls his shotgun out of his out of his uh, uh, motorcycle and reaches his arm backwards without turning his head and shoots this car, which burst into this giant ball of flame. And you know, like he filmed that and then, like the band just watched that shit. He was like, yeah, badass. <laughs> it makes no sense because I don't even know where the car came from or who was driving it, <laughs> but they had a chance to blow up a car. So I guess he had to do it. And then that or the part where, uh, the, with the grenade launcher where he comes flying out of the window <laughs> it, right on the cusp of this explosion he comes flying out through the fire strumming his guitar yelling lock and lol he, he lands on the ground and instead of like being a little shocked that he just jumped out of the third story window he tunes his guitar really quick to make sure it still sounds okay oh it was amazing <laughs> well and it's weird because but this could easily just be lumped in with something like those uh, <clears throat> those sushi typhoon movies, yeah, like the, the Frankenstein versus vampire girl and all that kind of shit. Because it has a lot of the same sort of aesthetics. It's cheap, um, you know. They try and throw everything, but for some reason, this feels quite a bit different in in how it works. Like it doesn't feel as uh, sort of outright stupid. I don't, I don't know how to explain the it difference. Doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's trying to. It's not pandery. It's yeah. It's not trying to attract an American audience either. I mean, if this it feels like yeah, a Japanese that's, that's movie. Probably, yeah. I think a lot of those, um, you know, I don't know if maybe Tokyo Gore Police was, but the ones kind of that spun off of that. Once they realized Americans wanted to see this hyper gore, that's when they just started making it, knowing that we'd want to see people get you know put tempura fry on their <laughs> on their arms or whatever the <laughs> fuck that was. Yeah, and as cheap as this is, it it doesn't look as cheap as those movies i don't no, think anyways no. um but I, I don't know i don't have a whole ton more to say i mean we could easily go through every single yeah, yeah. cool scene but i mean i i mean i can't recommend enough to people check it out because especially if you like fucking punk music because it's i mean beyond the sogo ishi stuff it's definitely up there with the most punk rock japanese movies i've seen yeah it is it is and it's a it's um <laughs> If anything, I could say about this, it, just, it 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 could have been just a tad shorter, just because it does have a couple lulls in the middle. You yeah. have the you have the batshit crazy first twenty five to thirty minutes, and the last twenty minutes just don't stop. But then there's about you know there's about thirty minutes in the middle where there's a couple times you're like, all right, let's get on with it, like when they're in the warehouse and stuff like that. Yeah, it feels like a, in a few spots they're just basically trying to move characters yeah, around yeah. to get them all together. Yeah. So, um, but uh, I, I you know. The messages are funny in it too, you know. A, a movie, you know, having a movie with um, all the explosions and alien invasion and zombies have the the ultimate story being about like trusting in yourself in love and rock and roll is pretty, pretty funny. As <laughs> <laughs> they're a very positive, positive yeah. group of guys. But uh, I love I love when the when Ace and and Tobio meet the first time and you have the heart around Ace's face and it says like Ace in cursive under his. <laughs> under his head that kind of stuff is just, it's Ace it's not one Ace number one it's funny and and uh i like when uh when he's still learning through the whole movie ace continues to learn through the whole movie you know what it, when it slows down is actually when he's off the screen yeah Be- because the scenes with him and to- tobio alone 
are still good too. It's when he's not on the screen is when it kind of slows down some. Yeah, I forgot to mention their their relationship is actually it could easily be boring or <clears throat> you know it could could be a weak spot in the movie. But I think that like their relationship is actually really well done. Yeah, but uh, you know even even the part where Guitar Wolf comes back to the um, the the gas station and he finds. Uh, he finds Ace's comb on the floor. It's like red and has a handle on it. And he's like, uncool. It looks like your mama's comb. And by the end of the movie, he gave him a cool black comb, you know, to comb his grease back hair. So that was, it's, it's, it's funny. Cause he's kind of this mentor now for Ace and it just turns into this kind of like ridiculous legend. And I, I, I like this one a lot. So uh, we can rate it here. Sure. Um, I'd give it a 8.5. Yeah, I do too. I, I've seen this a few times also. Um, it's a good crowd movie. Um, it's probably a good inebriation movie, although yep. I, I've, I've only ever watched it sober. So I'll have to, I'll have to remedy that. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> the best inebriation movies are the ones that have so much going on that, uh, you can drop out and come back in and <laughs> yeah. did I just fall asleep? Uh, that's still good. <laughs> cool. Huh? We're gonna have a short show this week. Yeah. Oh, wait, what? Um, <laughs> Let's take a break and we'll come back and do a little feed sack and wrap things up. Action E Horry 3, we'll be right back. During this podcast, I've seen a lot of changing in the way you feel about me and in the way I feel about you. In here, there is only one action movie being reviewed, but I guess that's better than 20 million. I guess what I'm trying to say is if I can record... And you can listen. Everybody can be entertained. Yo, Adrian! Action Attraction. Your home for all things action. To find out more, visit MetalMikey.Lipson.com or search for Action Attraction in iTunes. Wendy's responsible for this. Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, speed sack time. Um, we have. Do I have. Oh, I got two voicemails. So um, we have a karaoke contest entry. Um, I can get to that really quick. So, uh, you planning on calling in a karaoke for us this time? I don't know. <laughs> my voice is not very good. And that might, I don't know if you can tell from the way I talk, but I'm not exactly an expressive individual. Eh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious what Slice is going to be like this time. So, I hope Bernie calls one in. All right, here is, uh, here's the Bryn, I think, with an entry. This is a karaoke competition entry. Um, Robert. Na 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 na. I'm so depressed. I want to kill myself. And na 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 na. Cocks and cheese and slime golf laundry. Na 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 na. 
my angels are doctors all and low and mustaches <laughs> so you were sa- you were saying about your voice <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I feel a lot better after that one. okay okay uh thank you Bren. <laughs> we'll file that one away um I'll play. I'll go ahead and play the other voicemail. Then I'll read a couple emails, and uh, I don't know what we're gonna do next week. Maybe maybe we'll uh, we'll let you choose. So you want you want to start looking for some stuff. You want to choose a double sure. for us next week. All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> I know. I'm planning ahead. Great. Uh, next voicemail. Hey, silly go. This is this Now you know. I've had a great. Week this week, you know, escape plan came out. And all you guys on the Facebook group, you know, you'd be telling me about how much you love that movie. You know, there's hundreds of you that see it, you know. So, uh, you know, it's unbelievable as it is. If there's anyone that hasn't watched Escape Plan yet, you should go and see it, you know. But uh, just watch out, because this may be a bit of a spoiler for the movie, you know. There was a bit of discussion about... Uh, how I didn't actually take my top off in the movie, you know? You, you don't get to see my uh, muscles. You know, I keep my shirt off, the whole thing. You know, it's a bit dis- it's disappointing <laughs> for me as well, you know? And, you know, I hate to disappoint my fans, but, you know, I gotta say, you know, we filmed, like, fucking hours of scenes with me with my shirt off and my fucking muscles in there, you know? But... The character I played is a man who doesn't have tattoos, you know, and so I had to wear makeup all over my tattoos, you know, it's pushing my acting abilities to the absolute limit, you know, but, um, you know, we filmed shower scenes, you know, I was totally naked, you know, you could see my ass, people love seeing Sly's ass, you know, you could see my big fucking dick as well, you know, it was great, I was just there fucking... Washing off and then fucking auto next to me, you know. But you know the movie man for whatever reason decided not to include those scenes. So you know, you know I got personal copies. Get in contact. I'll probably I might be able to like send them out or some shit. You know, I know people love to see my muscles. You know, you know just fucking look at pictures of me. With my muscles out, fucking while watching that movie, you know, you get the best of both worlds. You know, uh, fucking, you know, I don't think there's much more to that, you know. Like I said, I was disappointed that those seeds got removed, you know. Maybe it was because of my big dick, I don't know, you know. Yeah. Anyway, you know. (laughs) Yeah. I want to say that a personal thank you to... to, uh, but it's Dickwell for choosing the song for the karaoke competition, you know? I've been looking at that song. I've been, you know, getting into the frame of mind where I can <laughs> produce a song to the best of my abilities. And, you know, he's picked a great song because he's got a lot of words in there. It's a very long song. It's over, like, three minutes long. I can't wait to fucking oh, sing oh this boy. song for over three minutes. So, yeah, thank you, but It's a great song, you know? So, yeah. Be warned, everyone, it's going to be entered in this competition. Sly will be entered. You can fucking guarantee Guarantee. it's going to be the greatest karaoke of all time. Sly was out of breath this week. (laughs) 
Thank you, Sly. Yes. Did you get to go see Escape Plan? I didn't get to go see it yet, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not too bad. I liked it. I, I'm definitely going to check it out. I don't know if I'll go to the theater it's for pro- it. It's, 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 it's a rental, definitely. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for for shitty stuff sometimes. So, um, <laughs> I, I got <laughs> I've heard I've, some people say it's uh, shitty, but. Uh, it's. I mean, if it, it, it's 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 really just a formulaic action movie. It's. I tell you, it doesn't do. It doesn't try to like be funny or anything, which is a big fucking no no for me. With with uh, a lot of, if action movies try to be funny and fail at it, it's just. Yeah. Oh my god. No, that's that's what I've heard. I've heard it actually plays pretty straight and yeah pulls it off for the most part. There's a couple of funny moments like the you know the the old gag with. I'll, I'll take care of it, and the guy's going to do something amazing, and then Sly takes him out in one punch, that kind of thing, which makes the crowd laugh. But you know, it's most of it is you know, you know, lo- busting your load over seeing Arnold pull a giant machine gun off the side of a helicopter and shit like that. So, I, I like the uh, I like the new beardy look for uh, Arnie. So, yeah, that's yeah. selling point. I can't wait to see him in that new uh, that cop flick that he's doing. You know, he looked. You know, it's fun, and I don't know what happened, but he looked a lot. He- List healthier in this than he did in the fucking Last Stand movie. That was one I thing I'd really. I think it's because they started actually pumping weights together. Okay, yeah, because uh, seriously, like, he's been down in Sly's basement in his underpants. Yeah, man. But he, uh, I don't know. He just looks so fucking like tired, and, and and that was one thing I really didn't like about uh, Last Stand was just how he looked. Yeah, he looks pretty beat in that movie. But I mean, he looks old in this. But I mean, that's fine. He's supposed to be. But he do, he looks he looks a lot healthier. Like he looks like he feels good and doesn't look so tired. So it kind of seems like maybe he's um, taking. It's t- going to take a couple movies for. Yeah, to shake the dust off. Yeah, it, it yeah. seems like he's going to take a couple movies for him to get to get back in the the swing of things, the big yeah. dick swing. Uh, um, cool. So I had to pause it for a second and figure out the. Behind the scenes. Um, so we got a couple uh, couple emails here. Uh, we got one from Clay. Um, the it says Bert McGirt. Uh, I've recently caught up, and of all the places, like I when I read this email, I I, I totally did not expect somebody to live where white lightning was filmed <laughs> and after we talked about where, where yeah okay so i've recently caught up on some past episodes notably the young bert show i love early bert and the bert laugh crack me up i think if i ever open up a store i might have that installed as the door chime <laughs> um during the white lightning review you described the town as a shithole where there was probably nothing better to do than fuck <laughs> that sounds like a zom line shithole is probably mine <laughs> um I've been living in said shithole for almost 14 years, <laughs> and I don't know about then, but now it's not so bad. Besides, everyone knows uh, everyone knows that all of the super slutty girls really live over on the air, near the airbase. <laughs> I was almost offended until I realized that I'd spent the better part of my morning listening to Silva and Gold. Touche. <laughs> uh, Sling Blade was also filmed there. Take that for what it's worth. Uh, Benton, uh, Benton, Arkansas is mostly just a suburb now with Applebee's and Targets and shit. Um, hell, we even have a big lots. Yeah. Uh, it's practically cosmopolitan compared to the town I grew up in. The sheriff's department has actually a history of corruption in the eighties. Uh, it was heavily involved in drugs. And as recently as a few months ago, the sheriff was arrested for public intoxication and disorderly conduct outside of a catfish joint near my house. <laughs> there you go. 
Sounds like my city. <laughs> also, guys named Dude. I had an uncle, Dude. His shoot name was Ollie, but for whatever reason, everyone besides his mother called him Dude. <laughs> thanks. Do you know anybody named Dude? Um, thanks for the show and keep up the good work. Cool. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah. So never, never did I think I, you know. Take what take what we stay on here for a grain, from, with a grain of salt. I, I don't think he's making a case for for his town by saying Sling Blade was also shot there. <laughs> uh, did you see Applebee's and Sling Blade? I can't remember. <laughs> I, I, they do go to a couple of restaurants. Oh, okay. Could be an Applebee's. And- oh yeah, the French fried taters. Yeah. Um, cool. We got one more email here. Um, hello, Loaf and Zom. This is uh, this is from Cash. Um, I'm a loyal listener from the UK and emailing you for the first time. I wanted to compliment you guys on a great show. It never fails to entertain me and make the day go by quicker. I listen to the GGTMC, the what? And would enjoy both your respective contributions to the show. Zom's singing was something else. Uh, When I heard you guys had your own podcast, I was sold. And then I heard Dusty cutting a promo for the show. Have you heard our new promo, by the way? No. Yeah, I'll play it for you. Um, wow. At this stage, it feels like Sly is part of the show. Uh, regarding a recent show, there was a mix, there was mixed opinions on Visitor Q. <laughs> really? Uh, I found it to be amusing, but would regard it as a classic Mike. To provide context, though, it was one of seven films he put out in 2001. <laughs> Jesus. These included Ichi the Killer, Happiness of the Katakuris, um, Agitator, in addition to Visitor Q. Watching these films and seeing that they came from a single filmmaker is quite an achievement. Uh, Agitator is a gangster epic worth checking out in its abridged or near four-hour version. Jesus. Uh, Happiness of the Katakuris is one of the best horror comedy musicals you will see. Ichi the Killer, you probably already know about. I don't know if Zom's seen that one, but I've definitely seen Ichi the Killer, though. Yeah. Um, it is with great satisfaction that I see Mike being able to aim higher and succeed. I always look forward to what he makes. His latest output, too, man. This, um, his, uh, 13 assassins, that one, I, I like that one better. I saw the original after and I still like Mike's better. I thought it was really well done. So yeah, I agree. Um, anyway, keep up the good work. I will always be listening. Even if I don't contact you guys very often, I try to check out as many of the titles as you recommend. Some of them can be hard to track down here in the UK, but are usually worth it. Thank you. Cash. There's places to find most of the stuff we watch free leech that's all i'll say um the uh so that's it for the feed sack um so the reason i paused it and uh chris was uh choosing a couple flicks for us to review next week i'll figure out the i'll figure out the double after exactly um but uh we're gonna do a movie called carnage starring peter cushing or corruption is the original title from 1968 and um, there's somebody named Billy Murray in it. And uh, we're going to do Blue Blood starring Oliver Reed from 1973. I hope he plays the nasty butler that they're referring to. He sure does. Yeah. He, well, he'll see. He's, okay. Uh, it's, it's a slow movie, but he, uh, yeah, he's cool. great in it. So Blue Blood and Carnage or Corruption for next week. Well, Normally I would say here, why don't you plug your work, but I'm sorry to say that it looks like it might be on hold for a little while. But do you have anything else you would like to discuss here? Like a, like open forum? Yeah. Um, let's talk about the gays in Russia. <laughs> oh, my God. For a little while. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. So, uh, the... <laughs> 
The um, speaking of gays in Russia, this is not this is not Russia, but I was watching. I was looking for uh, this clip of the, when the ultimate warrior was on Arsenio Hall <laughs> years ago. And <laughs> that's, um, that's classic. There's a clip on uh like linked on the side on YouTube where Arsenio Hall like confronted these gay protesters that were angry that he didn't have like openly gay people on his show. And like in the middle of the recording he was just fucking like railing on them, like yelling, This is my show. When you have your own show you bring you know, it was, it was pretty crazy. Did he did he hit any sort of uh like, did he say anything offensive? Or? No, no. Like the guys were the guys were saying that basically he was like, he was saying it doesn't matter what their sexual preference is. He's like Elton John's been on here and blah blah blah. And they're like, then the guy says, "Why didn't you have on like Harvey so and so?" He's like, "As soon as Harvey so and so does something I want to talk about, I'll have him on the show." <laughs> He's like, "I don't care what their sexual preference." So he was basically just saying like, you know, I'm black. I am. I'm a minority. You know, I'm not gonna. Uh, no, you know, it, it's it's basically telling them they were ridiculous to be protesting that because that's not what that's not a criteria for his show and blah blah. blah. It was it was it was interesting. I, I was curious if that was like a, a work at all, but I think he's gotten a bum rap since the, the that was times. So I like Arsenio Hall. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, well, I think that's about it for us this week. Thank you for the picks and thank you very much for. Uh, stepping in this week is a big help for us and uh, sorry thank about, you very much for having me sorry about uh, gala walkers um, <laughs> we're going to uh, we're going to uh, flood Justin Oberholzer's inbox with uh, spam as retaliation so perfect cool well um, until next time and until Chris is on again and this is a loaf oot CDR oot bye <laughs>